Hi, I'm Zora Chase, and you're listening to Small to Scaled, the podcast that explores how accomplished business leaders went from vision to venture. In these conversations, you'll hear about their experiences and take away some practical wisdom that might help your business scale to whatever size fits. Today, I am absolutely thrilled to introduce you to James Hanrahan. James is the living and breathing epitome of someone who has scaled his talents and succeeded in a competitive business environment. Environments, I should say. He's been in several different businesses. I know him well, little known fact, we grew up in the same household. He's my little brother, so I'm excited to explore a subject that doesn't really come up at the dinner table. This is a real treat for me. Um, A little background on, welcome James. Hi. (laughs) A little background on James for for our listeners. Since uh, 1999, James has helped some of of America's self-storage providers grow. He's been involved with the acquisitions of over 70 self-storage facilities and the disposition of over 100. From operations and marketing strategies to expense and profit maximization, James is the go-to guy to improve a bottom line and navigate investor relations. He co-founded RHW Capital Management Group, LLC, and Store Here Self Storage, where he's been responsible for identifying acquisition and investment opportunities, financial pro formas, and contract negotiations. James has worked in the storage business for a while, but he got his start with the Southland Corporation, as in the 7-Eleven convenience stores, as we all know, where he learned all about multi-unit business management in a fast-paced franchise world. James is a thought leader in his industry. He served on the board of directors for the California Self-Storage Association and serves on several committees. He's also been a featured speaker at the U.S. National Self-Storage Association Conference. Wow, what a bio that (laughs) truly never comes up at the dinner table. (laughs) Truly. So welcome, James. (laughs) Thank you very much. Happy to be here. All right. So we'll get right into the first question. It kind of speaks to the heart of the show. And it's about your vision. So I'd like to know, what was your vision? You were working, say, right out of of college as a regional manager for 7-Eleven stores. And then uh, how did you find yourself having a vision at that time? And what plans did you see for your future when you were in that role? Yes, yeah, so uh, fortunate and unfortunate. My uh, my father's business. He's an attorney, and I uh, didn't choose to follow my father's footsteps. And I really knew that I wanted to be in business. I didn't know exactly what business I wanted to be involved in, but I knew that I wanted to be in business where I could network what I thought were some of my talents and drives and. Right out of college, I was fortunate enough to be drafted into Southland Corporation 7-Eleven while all my friends went to Barcelona to spend three months enjoying their postgraduate vacation. I had a job. And uh, uh, one of the questions a lot of people have is, why did you go to work for 7-Eleven? And they were the biggest and the best in multi-unit management. And they created a system where uh, someone from meager means or even, you know, more substantial means could buy a 7-Eleven store. They'd give them the system. The corporation would help them run the properties and they'd be successful and and be making hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, based on the system. So I knew I knew that I wanted to work for the biggest and the best. 
And I got that job right out of college on a, on a, a lucky fluke. And maybe it's because of interviewing skills or whatever it may be, but I, I was fortunate enough at 21 years old to be running 12 to 15 Seven Eleven stores in the greater Los Angeles area and Hollywood right out of the chute. And I met a lot of fantastic entrepreneurs uh, in that role. And uh, I got a lot of vision and drive from those people who saw something in me that I felt I had as well, that I could do something bigger and better and beyond uh, running a corporate franchise operation. Uh, in and I spent almost six years with 7-Eleven. It was it was a great basis for my life, and many skills I, I learned from there that I, I continue today. Uh, in the process, um, some of the folks I worked with dropped out and moved to other industries. And a good friend of mine went to work for public storage, and told me about self storage industry is booming. It's 1998. This is the future of uh, what people want to do. And I interviewed and got a job with public storage. And within four years, I ended up working for a private self-storage company and helped them grow their business from 75 properties to 110 properties. Worked with that family business for nine years. Was truly treated like family in in an environment that... uh, really uh, changed my perspective on business. And from there, I jumped out and started my own corporations, uh, RHW Capital Management Group, RHW, H being Hanrahan, there in the middle. And we, uh, we started off on a venture. Wow, I really appreciate you kind of giving <clears throat> us the full view of where, what inspired you and what 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 I clung to and and it seems that we have this in common um but this didn't happen to me till later in life when I started running my own ad agency where the spark grows when you're seeing entrepreneurs living their passion and living their dreams and and then you you have something to look look to and say boy these people are truly inspiring people and the spark grows. Um, one question, one thing I, I heard you say is that you heard people, you were, you saw people that came from meager means and they were able to acquire ownership of a franchise. Um, do you think that you had resources going in and what, what were those and how did they serve you? Well, I think I think I had some resources and advantages with, you know, having the the uh, rental figures with with the education. My father being an attorney, and and my my parents really pushing for us, uh, all four of us kids, as Zora would know, uh, attended college and got our degrees, and and we had some of those advantages that some of these other folks didn't have. But despite the advantages that that they those folks didn't have, they knew there was a way to achieve the American dream, and I think that's something that many American uh, people and youth and they don't understand that it's it's out there for everyone. And when you see someone coming from India working in a Seven Eleven store, saying, 
I want to be just like Sunil. And Sunil started 15 years ago as a clerk in a 7-Eleven, and now he owns three 7-Elevens. And you see that, and you go, my God, it's, it's, it's real, it's here. And for me to not want to go and be an entrepreneur and pursue my dreams is, is, is truly um, disrespectful to what we're offered here in the United States of America, the American dream. Wow, that's really inspirational. Thank you. Um, do you think there are some misconceptions out there about starting a business? What, like, would you, could you identify a, a misconception people have when they're starting a business venture? Well, I, I think the most common misconception is is needing needing a ton of capital, and you don't need capital; you need people. You need people that believe in you. You need people that believe in the vision. Um, folks that that uh, that see that resources and connections and and people are are way more valuable than capital. You can have all the money in the world. And we get this all the time. There are people who want to invest money and that's all they have to offer is capital. And, and you can make money investing capital, but you can't, you can't make a, a business and a life and a career by just having capital. You have to have vision and you have to have, you have to have people. And when we started RHW Capital, I started with two partners who I was familiar with in the industry. And we started with $9,000, $3,000 a piece. And that's all we had to really negotiate forming the LLC, getting the copyrights on the trade names, getting the websites and and uh, assimilating the partnerships and, uh, and capital assets to take on the task we were we were looking to achieve. That is incredible. $9,000 from LLC, copyright, website, partnerships, and then you actually developed a multi-million dollar company from there. Is that right? Yeah, we we started uh, our first ventures with uh, some private equity investment firms that uh, we're still quite tight with, good good friends from Napa Valley that uh, we, we actually partnered with uh, day one. And bought seven properties. And from that partnership in 2012, we started. In 2017, we sold a portfolio for $154 million. So we went from nothing to, you know, everybody taking home uh, a a sizable chunk of of money based on partnerships and, and understanding and leverage. That's amazing. I wanted to, my next question was going to be about marketing because every guest gets, gets asked about marketing. And so I did want to, you know, you talked a little bit about networking. Is there anything else that you did for inbound versus outbound leads to grow your business? Well, mainly, uh, you know, it's, it's about presence. It's about, it's about being visible in the industry, uh, regardless of what industry you're in. And when you get, uh, like, like Zora had said earlier, uh, you know, I was five years on the uh, California self-storage association board. I was well-known in the industry. Uh, my track record of building the prior company with the private, uh, family group was well-known. And so when I was off on my own, 
there was a reputation that followed it. So that the marketing was more of a, a personal marketing and uh, folks seeking out to be part of the next venture. As far as, as running the businesses, um, store here, self-storage, which I think Zora uh, talked about earlier, that's our brand. It, 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 took, it took quite a bit to get the branding off the ground. But once we launched and we had 30 or 40 properties, it was, it was uh, you know, a, a quite easy to, to use all the, all the tools out there um, with the right resources. We knew that we didn't have uh, all the knowledge of, of, of Google marketing and all the knowledge of, of um uh, third-party aggregators for self-storage. So we 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 used uh, all the resources out there. You you can't be everything, and if you're going to try to uh, work with your cousin who's a fantastic website designer and expect to be successful, you're a fool. It, it's it's you need to work with the right professionals and get the job done properly. It, it does cost some money sometimes, but but. Uh, you need to actually market in a, 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 a thoughtful way with process. So we, we knew, we knew our limitations and knowing your limitations and knowing where you need to spend money, I think is where uh, we've been more successful than other groups. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, I do. In the digital world, there is a lot of DIY opportunities with Google platform and Facebook, but you aren't doing a comprehensive plan that way. It's impossible. You yes. need, you need a professional to guide you through that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, Zora, we knew we wanted, we, we were looking for scale and there are plenty of self-storage operators that have three, four five properties, but we wanted to be able to get to 50, 100, 200, 500 properties. And you can't do scale uh, uh, just focusing on, you know, a ma and pa concept of, you know, just strictly grassroots. You really have to have a strategy and, and somebody that'll, that'll take the time and put it in writing and, and figure out how you're going to get from A to B to C to D to exit. That's great advice. Great advice, James. I have a final question. It's meant to be a takeaway for our audience. If you could copyright anything about your journey to help the next generation or that person that's listening to this thinking, okay, this, I really could scale my idea. I could scale my vision. Um, what would that um, copyright uh, advice, piece of advice be? I think it would, it would be uh, don't overlook some of the people you've come across in your life and some of the contacts. The, the problem, I think what many young and small entrepreneurs happen is they get blinded by the shining light of, of the superstar out there. And, and some of the, some of the folks that are the quiet folks in the crowd are the ones that are going to help you take your vision to the next level and not necessarily the flashiest person that everybody is looking up to it. It could be the quietest person in the room. And so keep track of who you're meeting, uh, keep in contact with people, be a personable person that people want to be with and 
you might find that opportunities come up where you're not expecting it. I love it. On that note, um, is there anything else we could we could sign off now? But I do want to ask you: Is there anything else that you'd like to add, or do, is there anything that I missed that is part of your journey? No, uh, just the the only the only thing is that it, you know many times people see the success of other people or other groups and say, "Well, that's what I wanted to do, and it's already been done." it's 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 not true it it there's still another another version uh, a 2.0 a 2.25 a 2.35 don't stop it's not done just because somebody else did what you thought that that you wanted to do it it there's there's opportunities out there and and don't short change your vision just because somebody else already did what you wanted to do or you thought this was the greatest idea and someone already did it. Keep going. There's a, ne- there's a next version of whatever you think, whatever you thought was the original version. And I'm sure you've had some moments of doubt along the way. I'm sure it wasn't always <laughs> full steam ahead. No, correct. Correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We, ev- we, Go ahead. Well, we, we've, uh, you know, we've had to take on, uh, partnerships that were were uh i want to say risky but they were they were you know questionable to take that next leap to the next rock and and even if that that leap isn't to mount everest it's 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 only to mount whitney it's okay you know take take that leap and learn something from it and it, and uh you know something i live by is is uh, an old you know, it's an old phrase I, I've, I've seen and it's, it's, I never win or lose. I only learn. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It, you, if you learn something from your losses, that's worth, that's worth having that loss and you can move forward and be a better person and be a better business person down the road. So don't, don't dwell on the losses. The losses will happen. If you're not that having is- losses, you're not pushing hard enough. That's a good point. And I think this year in particular, 2020, has been a year where we've all learned to um, make adjustments um, in our mindset and in our in practical terms, what we're doing for work um, and what we're, what our vision is might have changed. And and maybe we were pushed to do it for the better um, in, in some cases. But um, but the idea of um, it's not, we're not here to win or lose, but to learn and um, to find um, satisfaction and happiness in that in that way is what it's all about. So absolutely, thank you for those words. We really right. appreciate. It. I sincerely thank you for taking your valuable time to share your wisdom with us today. Thanks all to right. you. I know our listeners are going to feel energized and in and emboldened to go uh, pursue their dreams and turn their business to scale and um and let's just keep this this going everybody um thanks to jimmy thanks for listening to our podcast today this is part of a regular series we're putting out every other tuesday and if you like what you heard please subscribe to our channel and share with your podcasting friends i'd love to hear what types of businesses you're in Feel free to request a certain topic or speaker. You can email me at zchase at chasingnectar.com. 
That's zchase at chasingnectar.com. This podcast is for you. So let your business scale. Let us help you. Until the next time, keep moving your vision forward and into your future. Thank you. Love.